I'm James McIntosh, and I'm the cider maker and one of the founders of the Duxbury Cider Company here in Leeford, Ontario. And you've been around for, it's coming up to 10 years now, getting close to it? Close, yeah. I started making cider in 2005, started the company in 2007, went commercial in 2012, built our own facility in 2016, and yeah, that's where we're standing now. And you offer, on average, three regular uh, ciders available? Yeah, we have three regular SKUs. Uh, our Heritage 1650, which was actually our first cider that we came out with, um, and our Cider Road Original, uh, which is more of a generic offering for the LCBO, and then we have our Tilted Barn Hop Cider, which is just a licensee product. And we have retail now, too. Um, and then we try to do uh, three to four one-offs every year, depending on our workload. Right. Uh, Scrumpy, which is decently well-known from a handful of people because it's a hard-to-find style in yeah. Ontario. Yeah, we did a barrel-aged uh, Scrumpy. Um, we actually have some over there. Uh, maturing away. It's an uh, unfiltered, uh, can-conditioned uh, Scarpy cider. Uh, the last one we did was uh, over 7%. Uh, and then we did a cider spritzer, which is kind of the opposite end. It was a very light, bubbly, 3.2, uh, sweeter style cider. Uh, in the past, we've done a raspberry cider. We've done a Hascat berry cider. There's something else in there that I'm forgetting as well, but yeah. <laughs> a handful of different types. Yeah. And uh, you do it all here on a, a single property. You you have some apples, I believe, on, or you started a couple little ones here, but you, yep. you bring in from local farmers, right? Yeah, so uh, we source all of our apples locally from Georgian Bay uh, and surrounding areas, like Georgian Bay area. Um, then we have 8.5 acres of orchard. There's two orchards over here, and then there's one out closer to the road. Um, about 90% of the trees planted here are old varieties, so we've got uh, we've got about a hundred uh, uh, trees that are um, uh, dwarfs that are uh, French and English style cider varieties, and then we've got some uh, Rhode Island Greenings, um, uh, King Davids, Ashmead Kernels, uh, and then a few of your standard sort of Spies, Ida's, Galas, John Golds, Russets. And they all blend together and, and pick a different style of what you're working for and you move forward to it. You've got a decent setup here tank-wise. What do you go through per year on average? Uh, right now we're over 100,000 liters annual production. Uh, we've got uh, four 8,000 liter fermenters on site, a 2,000 liter bright, and then our, our canning line. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll turn a batch around um, in a few weeks. So it keeps us busy. Pretty standard. Yeah. Pretty uh, an interesting place too, where you're located with the view and everything of the bay on the way in and so on. Yeah, we are we are lucky. Um, right, right up on top of the hill, overlooking uh, Georgian Bay, um, which is of course the apple growing region. Our farm, uh, being on top of the hill though, is not traditionally an apple farm. All the apple growers are uh, down in the valley below us, where the water table is higher and the soil is a little better. Um, this farm was traditionally cash crop and beef cattle for its history, but now we're kind of morphing over. We've got a little bit of both going on uh, with the orchard, and hopefully in the near future, well not near future, anytime in the future before I die, we'll put a uh, retail tasting bar uh, situated with the view out front. So yeah, it should be, uh, well it's a dream, we'll see what happens. 
some some big projects coming forward, which is great to see. And we're seeing that happening actually a lot more cider in the area uh, in Ontario uh, as its own. We're, we're adding you know 15 to 20 new cideries it seems every year. Uh, has that been impactful in any way on your uh, product? Uh, not that we've noticed directly. Um, you know, as chair of the Ontario Craft Cider Association, my mantra is the more cideries we have in Ontario, the better. Um, Ontario is fairly well situated to become a world-class leader in hard cider should, uh, should Canada and Ontario get its act together and actually recognize us as uh, you know, a premier opportunity. Other than wine. <laughs> yeah, other than wine. Right, other than a, attached to that term wine, where there seems to be, uh, you know, that, that old mentality thinking within the, the system, so. Yeah, legally we're, uh, we're attached to the wine legislation, um, which makes it difficult for us to maneuver in the marketplace when we don't sell like wine, we don't compete with wine, we're not even a substitute product for wine. Um, we're off in our own little niche a little bit. My closest competitor would be, uh, you know, ready to drink stuff or, or beer, but there's still quite a big gap. I mean, cider does have its own following, and it's not just Ontario. It's growing. It's a global growing phenomenon right now. Oh, absolutely. We're seeing, you know, numbers are growing for overall drinking, uh, interest in the product. Uh, more people are moving away from, from beer as the gluten-free option and a handful of other uh, things that the cider brings in there. So uh, what would you think would be one of the biggest things, specifically for you here, but then if you want to touch base on the industry, that could be a positive change that you would see happen, that you would like to see happen, that could really help to open stuff up? Um, if we, if the cider industry was to get its own legislation, aka the Cider Act, a Cider Act, um, that we could maneuver under and have our own rules specific for our industry that treat us the way cider is, um, you know, produced from the field. Um, we do have a similarity with wine in that our ingredient, our main ingredient, um, is grown locally here in Ontario. It's processed here in Ontario and then sold um, from Ontario. Um, uh, if we had uh, rules that would set out how we were treated from production through to final sale and, and tax treatment um, outside of the wine world, uh, then yeah, this would be an explosion. Uh, a lot of people have seen the growth of the, uh, the craft brewery business, um, which is great. I mean, you know, every town should have at least one brewery uh, to keep people happy. Um, but that's the, the interesting thing about breweries is that you can open up one anywhere, anywhere. there's water, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, whereas a cidery uh, naturally has to be close to its uh, source of production, which is apples. Um, and Ontario being a major apple producer in the world, uh, we have that advantage, that natural advantage of being able to, uh, to explode that uh, industry for us. I mean, if cideries uh, expand exponentially uh, around the globe, they're still going to be limited to areas that grow apples. You're not going to find a cidery in New Mexico, right? That's not, not going to happen. Um, so we do have that advantage from, uh, from a remarkability uh, and growth standpoint. Um, we're hopeful that something will eventually 
come our way <laughs> in terms of legislation. Um, but uh, yeah, if it doesn't, we'll uh, plot along and the opportunity will go to someone else. Yeah. Like the UK, BC, Quebec, Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, one of the challenges that you see a lot, specifically in the cider, is that the fact there is a labor of love with not only the product you make, but also the community that you're connected with. And the cider community seems to be much more interconnected than, say, the craft beer or the wine or whatnot. There seems to be a lot of people helping and supporting and, oh, can I come by and pick your brain for a while or call you up or I'm missing this or can you tell me about that? Uh, it seems to be a very positive industry as a whole. Yes, there, um, amongst the core group of cider makers, uh, there is quite a bit of camaraderie. Um, in a perfectly honest, we are a fairly new, well, reborn uh, industry in Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, not to discount the, the old cider makers from the, the, the pre-prohibition era, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so as we all sort of started out, and uh, most of us started, uh, you know, started doing this as kind of a hobby, um, there is a lot of discussion back and forth about, you know, processes and what you do for this and that, and, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of growth now, so there's new guys coming on board, and we're happy to talk with them, um, because there is nothing worse than a horrible cider um, <laughs> that gets uh, placed on a shelf. Right, and then and then now you spend all that time trying to well, educate people the other way, saying actually yeah. no, that's not what yeah. you would be experiencing. And so yeah, be. somebody somebody who's new to the cider world grabs the wrong one on the first go. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, they're gone. You know, it's an yeah. uphill battle after that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I got into cider. Uh, you know, long story short, but what really it was the impetus was uh, one of my good friends and neighbors uh, at an orchard down the hill um, was talking about the changing uh, apple uh, uh, business. Uh, this is so about 15 or so years ago, and uh, he wasn't necessarily complaining. It's not a stereotypical farmer complaining about low prices or anything, but you know, things things were changing. Uh, Ontario at that point had a pull-out strategy, which is uh, a program that the government had uh, the Liberals introduced to pay farmers to rip out old varieties of trees, um, but they had to keep the ground flat fallow for a number of years before replanting. Um, in essence, what it did was had an artificial um, boost or uh, supply-demand curve change for, for apples in Ontario. Yeah. But uh, Not cider apples, but not cider edible apples. desserts. Edible yeah. Apples, yeah. Um, which is mostly our main ingredient because that's still the apple varieties that are, are, are available um, mm -hmm. on a large scale. Um, he was he was chatting about uh, the difficulties that he was having, uh, trying to stay profitable in a changing marketplace. And uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'll uh, I'll start making cider, uh, and I'll use your apples. And he kind of handed me another beer and said, oh yeah, 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 whatever, we'll see, right? <laughs> and. Uh, you know, after a few years, he he was supplying apples to a lot of a lot of cider guys, and he went, "Oh man, James, you you were onto something here." And uh, yeah, I mean, there is a, a very good um, uh, sort of mutual relationship between growers and cider makers. Um, unfortunately, the pace of the market uh, is a little quicker than how 
trees grow. Mm -hmm. And so we're hoping as we prove ourselves uh, in our market that the uh, Ontario apple grower members uh, and growers in Ontario will will start to see the value in, in doing these different varieties and also going back to different rootstocks that might be a little less um, intensive on the uh, on the budget when you're talking about management. Right. Because um, as you know, cider was traditionally made with the ugly apples. The ugly apples. Yeah. Right. Uh, not fancy fruit at all. <laughs> um, which uh, we we want to you know we want to make sure that uh, picking the ugly and the smaller apples is still profitable business because uh, at some point there will always be the ugly apples. Yeah, as markets uh, you know consume products differently, there's always that adjustment of how to be able to work with it. Um, if you were to give a little piece of advice to someone who's starting up, whether it's wanting to start a cidery or wanting to start making some cider. Any ideas or suggestions? Uh, yeah, so actually I've, um, I've been recommending this book a lot um, because it has everything. History, processes, um, methods, different recipes, things like that. And it's uh, called Cider, Making, Using, and Enjoying Sweet and Hard Cider by Annie Prue and Lou Nichols. And it's available on Amazon, and I think it's around 15 bucks. But uh, I call this kind of the Bible. Um, yeah, super informative, easy to follow, um, and if you're if you're interested, and in even just tinkering around with like a one gallon jug, this is the where to start. Where to start, perfect. Uh, won't take up too much more of your time. Uh, I will though ask uh, if you have a cider that you've uh, had of late this year so far that you think you'd like to give a shout out to. Tried something else this year that you've really enjoyed? Yes, I had a cider from Windswept Orchards uh, last week, and it was their, I believe, Spy Cider. Um, I'm probably getting the name wrong, but it was delicious. Super dry, but the Spy still came through really well. Yeah, awesome, awesome cider. We're uh, on our way to visit them tomorrow, so looking forward to uh, giving that one a try. If I remember correctly, it was uh, definitely one of their, their really premium ones they had there. So thank you so much. Uh, if people want to reach out to you and contact you or learn more about the cidery here, where do you go? Uh, the Duxbury, the Duxbury Ciderco.ca. Um, contact form is on there with a phone number, I think, possibly. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you.